Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 12, Episode 5, titled Gay's Anatomy. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one medical mystery. From the podcast pod is my KP. Please say... <laughs> Focus on your damn self. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Truer words were never spoken to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joseph. Oh my god, everybody should know. Partic- particularly people who are not Patreon people. I tried something new this week. <laughs> <laughs> Where I oh decided to... Uh, Record just between us girls first, and then we can just go right into the show. How'd that go for you? (laughs) Look, uh, I woke up late. I woke up an hour later than I was supposed to. Uh, We were late. Taylor's computer wasn't working. And then um, I got triggered. And what's funny, and I want to say to Haley, I think Haley should know this. Mm-hmm. For people who don't from Patreon, you don't know what I'm talking about. Taylor and I were talking off the air, and I wasn't angry by Haley. I was angry by a question that, once again, when Joe has a tantrum, it might be misinterpreting something in the comments. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this off the air. But the point is that I wasn't mad about Haley. I was mad about a question that I got, and I had everyone should know I had a tantrum. So if you're if you want to hear the tantrum, you need to go to <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> You need to You're go such to, a whore. Yeah. You are such a whore. <laughs> you need to go to patreon.com slash afterthought media where those people not only got this show two days early, okay, but they uh, they also got to hear this. Hey, everyone. It's Joe breaking in here. It's unusual, but just to explain a little bit of Just Between Us Girls. We kind of touched on it, but you just wanted to put everything in order. We were supposed to record the show at 6 in the morning my time. Every day, I've been waking up at 4.35 in the morning. I don't know what happened last night. I, well, I do know. I took time all p.m. But I slept all the way through until 7 my time. Taylor had been waiting an hour. So I, like, jump out of bed, and within five minutes, I'm on the air. Then Taylor can't get his computer to work, okay? So while, like, remember, I've been up less than 10 minutes. While that's happening, I decide to just play some music while Taylor gets his computer working. And I don't have any coffee. I've just woken up. I still have sleep in my eyes. It's awful, right? And I'm just like, in a, in like you know, like when you wake up, you're like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be somewhere. And so I'm still in that panic. And um, I start playing a show. And then you'll start to hear about I'm start commenting on what's happening. But um, and then also let's 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 be honest. We're all under a little a lot of stress about what's going on right now. When you, I'm quarantined, I've been trapped in the house. Uh, I want to get some exercise. You know, I've just woken up, and there's a lot going on. And so I'm a little testy, let's say, uh, in this little just between us girls segment. But everything worked out for the best. But I just wanted you to know everything's fine. The show is fine. Everything good. Uh, I'm not mad at anybody. I do think when you ask questions, though, give context, because I, I only glance at the chat room. So sometimes I have a tendency, especially when I'm worked up, to misinterpret things. And I'm going to give the person who wrote that uh, the benefit of the doubt and say I misinterpreted what he wrote. But uh, other than that, uh, enjoy what you are going to hear right now. And another episode of Joe having a tantrum. 
So just between us girls. Oh my god, just between us girls. Taylor, I texted you this. Most days I'm the Joe. <laughs> Today I was the Lori. It's so it, the one thing I will say that's God bless Joe Batanz last night. I was like, should I pull all the audio tonight or tomorrow? And I pulled it last night. So I had nothing. Okay. Everything's printed. Everything's ready to go. I got all prepped um, Good. last night um, for this. Uh, so when I woke up, I just had to do, like, seriously the most minor of things. But I am so sorry. That that was not intentional at all because um, – I told Taylor, I wrote to Taylor yesterday, I said, just FYI, I'm coming for you. I was joking, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I, I'm coming for you. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but um, then I, I, I wanted to, it's so funny, what I used to make sure I went to sleep kept me asleep because I just took a bunch of time all PM and... Um, a bunch? What is a bunch? Two. Oh, all right. A couple. A couple. Okay. I was being well, a bunch. I'm picturing. I'm picturing fistfuls of you just like downing Tylenol <laughs> no, no, PM. No, that no, are just no. like that's not good. No, I'm always afraid of my uh, of my uh, liver failing or something like that. Um. So. Um, and but I think that just gave because what's weird is of course and you know this is how it works Taylor. Every night this week. I'm talking Monday through Friday, for whatever reason, I was waking up at like 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, not able to go back to mm-hmm. sleep, All right? Last night, I sleep through. In fact, <laughs> what woke me up was my father knocking on the door going, don't you have a podcast at 6? And I go, oh my God. And then I, and then I rushed off to school. Um, and then you had your computer issues, and here's the weird thing. And of course, Taylor, I'm telling you, and RuPaul's talked about this. This is proof that God has a sense of humor. Usually, this is pretty much the only thing that we're do- I'm doing, at least, right? Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do because at eight o'clock, I have untucked, not untucked. I have um, uh, throwing down with Adam Burns. Yeah, and and he. At nine, he's doing. It does like a very tight schedule. At nine, he's doing um, Outcast with Jay Ellis, and then at ten, you're doing Outcast with Jay Ellis. What do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? Do you mean as far as taping? So, so in thirty thirty two minutes, your meant time. Yeah, you have to do throwing down. Yeah, I think I might tell Adam Burns, which is probably the smartest thing. Let's just. Cancel throwing down. Maybe see if he can do it another time. Let's do that right now. Yeah. And then, um, um, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna tell him. I'm not gonna explain. Um, and then, um, if not, maybe Lawson will do another catching up if he can't do it. Even though I don't know what Adam Burns is doing. I don't know what anybody's doing. I just had a thought. Yeah. Why don't you? Oh, you guys do it on Crowdcast. Never mind. No, I was going to say, oh, you don't? No. Well, why don't you? Why don't you ask Lawson if Lawson wants to do throwing down with Adam? Oh, interesting. And see if they want to tape a show, and then it's where you know, because then it's where, where it could be catching down. 
Or throwing up. <laughs> yeah, throwing up. That's not a bad throwing idea. Up, throwing up with Mike and Adam. Hold on. Be, be, look, here's the deal, everybody. I'm in a bit. I'm going to tease Taylor about being a, a, a prima donna. I work with a bunch of prima donnas. Okay. Now Taylor's the prima donna of prima donnas, but okay, he, he's the prima okay. prima donna. But um, but so Lawson might be like, uh, um, hey, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> I'm too busy doing handstands. <laughs> Well, he doesn't like to be surprised. We have a Well, problem. it's not a surprise. Well, sometimes favors are surprise. Sometimes when one is asked a favor, that is a surprise. Yeah. Saying, hey, I need, I need, I said, I need I to ask need, a favor of yeah, you. I need you to ask me a favor. Anyway, while well, I wait for him to respond, Mr. I've been waking up at three in the morning. I bet you today, he's the day he's, he's the day he decided to sleep in. Um, while I wait for that response. Okay, so here's the conversation I was having, having Taylor. I want you to talk about this. Okay. So I was playing a song from the early 2000s. We're just playing music. Okay. Uh, uh, so I played. I was just playing random songs that I was seeing on my Spotify. Yeah. And I played a song from a band called Ozma, And they were like contemporaries and very influential with Weezer. Okay. Okay. So I played this song. And this uh, Haley Sklans goes in the chat room. And she goes, ugh, Weezer. Remember, Haley's like literally negative 20, right? And okay. not a negative 20. She's negative 20 years old. As a joke about how young she is. <laughs> and um, she goes, something, I have to go back and look here. She says, it's right here, that she goes, oh, Joe loves music unironically that everyone jokes about. Joe loves Toto, right? I love Toto. <laughs> So what I the speech I was on, I want you to talk about this. I said two things. I said, look, Gen Zers. I go, look, this is a part of your age, right? This is a part of it. So I'm not telling you not to be like this, okay? But just be cognizant of the fact that one day you will be the person playing Dua Lipa and the generation or two behind you are like, ugh, Dua Lipa. And now Haley's mom is mad. I'll come back when Joe has out of his system. This is true. You know, no, Haley, that, it's you every would think, generation. You would think you, Haley's you have, mom. We have, would, we have stuff that we love that yeah. people after us don't. Just like our parents had stuff that mm-hmm. they loved. Yeah, you know, when you think about, you know, fortunately, I like to like my mom and dad. My mom in particular loved like Motown, mm-hmm. so we grew up listening to Motown and. I I learned to appreciate that, but it also it sounded like old people music then. Yeah. But you know, you can also you also sort of appreciate that, just like for some people when you think about, you know, somebody that I loved when I was Haley's age was Madonna. And Madonna could do no wrong. Madonna was to me what Gaga is to Evan. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved her. And, you know, as the next generation came along, there were some people that liked her. And the next generation after that, she's just sort of everybody's yeah. grandma that's still yeah. trying to be relevant. And and it's 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 just the way it is. Yeah. And That's I, the way it is. And then they went to her. Now, Haley's mom is mad. You would think Haley's mom would be, like, agreeing with us. Haley's mom's about a little we older know, than we us. Don't, we don't know how old Haley's mom is. She's in her late 40s. Okay. Well, yeah. but. And she's all like, I'm going to come back when Joe has out of his system. Look, here's the deal. I'm going to tell everybody this. Okay. And look, I'm, I'm going to tell okay, you if you're good. telling everybody this, why are you pointing at me? Oh, because everybody else can yeah. see the chat. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to listen. I want you to listen real you. good. 
Yeah. You listen. I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. <laughs> okay. No, but what I'm also saying is, look, you all have this, I want to interact with Joe. Well, look, when you, Taylor's called it, is it you Taylor's called the Eye of Sauron? You called it the Eye of Sauron, yeah. One day, when you interact with me, the Eye of Sauron hits on you. Yeah. So one day, so one day you're the, um, I don't know what the word is, you know, the who, who gets all my favor all the time, right? Uh, and then one, one day, day you're the hot dwarf. Other days you're Gollum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a back way to put the way to put it. And um, so, uh, so that's that. So like, if there's this thing, like, okay, I want to do this. Well, that's gonna. I mean, ta- Taylor is gonna be the Gollum today. Not really, but um, <laughs> not really, but okay. <laughs> but uh, but as adorable you think so. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll get into it. But the point is that um, that one day, like, you're going to come up on the show. Everyone's like, oh, I want to be on the show. Okay, you're going to be on the show, and then you're going to come up on the show, right? And so yeah. it's it's not like people anybody gets a free pass. A perfect example is Brett Baxley. Brett Baxley was like, I, I called me I want to be on the show, and then when I went on Brett Baxley, it was the... Then I'm like, oh, I'm out of here, queen, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So, um, uh. Did that happen? Yeah, Brett Baxley got mad about the whole rumor mill drama. Which is weird, because Brett Baxley was, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, I, it's hard to keep up. I know, it really <laughs> is. To... It really is. But the point is, so the point I was making is, like, RuPaul, and I threw mm-hmm. Larry Flick in there for a more relatable version, in the early '80s, they were the pioneers. They were the cutting edge. They were the they were the Haley Sklanses of their time. And now we're mm-hmm. 30, 40 years later, and now they're seeing themselves as the old guard villains. You know that they don't think trans people are drag queens and trans people should be on this TV show. Blah blah blah. blah and they say all these problematic things and they're fracking. And what I'm saying is, one day that'll be you. Watch out, world. Watch out, under 25. I think, but the, but Taylor, I was saying, like, and maybe you can speak to this. And then I was also saying, because I'm giving you one more topic that we talked about. One day you're 25, and then next you're 45. You know, it yeah. goes so fast, and they don't realize it how does fast, go it fast goes. It goes really, really, really fast. Um, how old do you feel? Do you? I mean, I know that you're for, you're 45. So, but when you think, do you think you're, are you 45 or you're 44? 44. Okay. I'm not like, no, I'm 44. (laughs) But okay. So do you feel like you're 44? Do you feel like you're younger? Yes. I feel like I'm 35. Yeah. Okay. So, cause I'm 40, I'm 47. I'll be 48 this year in Mm -hmm. December. And I don't. When I think of 48, my grandmother was 48 the year I was born. Mm-hmm. So that would mean I would technically be a grandfather. And, yeah. just, and I can't imagine doing what I do and feeling how I feel, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I always feel like 30, 32, 33, like yeah. I always kind of feel in that in that realm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your flow. No, no, I was, I, was, I was throwing to you. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that there are even things... I think the difference is that the younger generations have pushed 
us in particular, our generation, Generation X, into at least looking at looking at different constructs, looking at things a different way. Whereas the older, older, you know, when you've got RuPaul's Netflix, they are very much more set in their ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like we are still at that point of where, you know, we're willing to look at gender as a construct. We're willing to look at, um, trying to think of some other, th- you know, trans, que- tra- trans rights versus, you know, drag queens and that sort of thing. Whereas I think that, you know, the older you get, you're right. They, they are, you know, think things have stiffened up and firmed up a little bit where we have a little bit more flexibility to us, you know, but that day may come where things are going on where we, but where we may go now, <laughs> we like things the way they are. It's kind of the equivalent of when people older than us and using my grandparents as an example, when my grandmother was younger, her talking about my nice colored friend <laughs> and just sort of do that. Like, uh, uh, okay, yeah. I get that you're trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could you not say colored please? You know, where you, you're, you're, it, it moves along for, you know, it, 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 things, it, what you're saying is true. What you're saying is true. It's not necessarily a fun thing to say, but no. it's, my prediction it's, it's, it's a fact yeah it is my, and it, it, it's it's everyone you know it's, it's the way the world works in fact i was gonna say my my i've said this in other shows i don't remember what show i said it but fairly recently about how it is the job of every emerging generation to tear down the constructs of the older generations right so my prediction is in two or three generations what you're gonna see is a uh, a flip where there's going to be a uh, a generation that comes in and is like not it it again it never goes back to all the way back like they don't go back okay slavery's good but what it does is they pull it back they might I don't know what and I can't predict what it will be but it might be something like um you know uh it would be a good example that you know the, the gen z I, I can give you an example i can give you an example oh, that yeah. would be where you've got the very liberal late 60s and 70s and then the younger generation the baby boomers when the baby boomers started having us there were a lot of us that went into that or maybe like between baby boomers and us that yuppie very yeah. conservative very you know the family 80s ties. were the 80s were very yeah family ties alex p keaton and you've got all of that where there is definitely that segment of and you even see that with some of the younger conservative movement yeah. now at this point where yeah. that that definitely is part of it as well. Yeah, there were guys there was a sitcom in the 80s called Family Ties it had Michael J Fox on it and it was about these two hippies that got married and had kids and one of their kids was a kid named Alex P Keaton and he was like a young republican. Uh yeah. which was a nightmare to them. And yeah, if you think about all the kids who are uh, their parents are conservative and they're gay, and I'm not saying it's going to go back, right? But what it does is it they just they just fuzz it all up. I think what it might be. My prediction is, you know how there's this extreme political correctness and like don't get like I played like earlier. I play <laughs> Haley's getting it today. I played a song. Uh, remember there was that cover of N.W.A.'s um, uh, "Boys in the Hood." That they did like a folk cover of it? No. Oh, uh, I played that, right? And Haley was like, oh, you know, something white bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Which she's she's right. There's nothing. It is. You you listen to it now and it's kind of cringy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but 
what I'm saying is my prediction is in a few generations, you know, Gen question mark is going to be like, no, we're going to go back to that. <laughs> we don't think yeah. that's offensive. Like you have to be because, you know, to be honest with you, the the place you want to get to, it it it, it is a, in my opinion, as a person of color. And I know there are a lot of people of color who feel this way that we have to get to a place um, where we're sensitive of the important racial issues, but we recognize that there are differences in cultures and that we can celebrate them. And by celebrating them, also part of it is able to marvel at the um, differences of those cultures. Like, in other words, Mexican people... And black people and Asian people. If you think about Crazy Rich Asians, the movie, yeah, made by Asian people joking about Asian culture, it's acceptable because it's Asian people joking about Asian culture, and it's funny. And I predict some someday we want to get to a place where other cultures can go there and and do it in a respectable way where it's honoring all the cultures. See, the problem right now is with white culture is a, that white culture is at the top of the power structure. So whenever they make fun of other races, it's punching down. We need to get to a place where everyone's on equal terms. Like for instance, Mm -hmm. when I used to do uh, these um, benefit classes for the Princeton review, uh, when I would go into black schools that were all black, um, the white kids would, the white teachers would have a lot of trouble, right? Uh, Haley says, where is the merit to devolving? I'm not saying that there's merit to it. I'm saying that it's going to happen. It's good, yeah. it, and it's not necessarily devolution. It you see the problem is, Haley. And actually, you're making the point that I'm making is what you see as de- devolution is actually evolution, because yeah. what you're seeing as devolution is what doesn't you don't agree with. And what I'm saying, what's funny is the more extreme you are in that point of view, like RuPaul is a perfect example. The harder it's going to hit you when it happens. So, like, if you're more shades of gray. Then it doesn't it the the rumble doesn't hit as much, but it's going to happen. I can't predict what that evolution is. I could be wrong, but it's going to evolve. And the world that you want to be and that you will have a chance to shape is going to be challenged in a couple of generations. I think we I think we saw that four years ago. I think part of to some degree, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of people in this country that the idea of an African-American president yeah. that was progressive and mm-hmm. gave rights to gays and tried to do things was too much. You know, I think that had Barack Obama been a white guy, mm-hmm. we may not have the situation that we have. But mm-hmm. that was because we moved we moved the needle that much further to one people had to push it back. There's another yeah. podcaster um, on the other network that I'm a part of that. I remember when I used to listen to a show talking about after, after gay marriage was um, became a thing mm-hmm. and became legal in all 50 States. And we went to the Supreme court. He said, we're all celebrating 
and we should, but this is going to make people push back even harder than if we hadn't gotten it. And that always stuck with me for some reason. And I was always like, yeah, but we've got, how bad can it be? You know, you know, we'll have Obama and then Hillary Clinton will be president. What could possibly, you know, and and it's true. It it did swing back the other way. So it happens sometimes over a large generational swap, but we're also seeing that in short, the pendulum is swinging a little bit this way, but then over time it either swings, you know, over more this way or more over that way. You know, there was, uh, I remember at college in a political science class, and there's a name for this phenomenon. It has to do with Harry Truman. Um, And I I think in these times it really rings true. I don't remember the name of the concept, but where essentially, you know, there was a famous, when Truman ran for re-election, it was, people thought, you know, the polling was in its very infancy. And so uh-huh. the polls weren't very correct, you know, weren't very accurate then. And um, it was widely believed that this guy Dewey, Thomas Dewey, was going to defeat Harry Truman, right? And then he won <laughs> the election. And at the time, when they went back and interviewed um, everybody about why they were so convinced Dewey was going to win, they would talk about how, well, everybody I knew was voting for Dewey, Right. And th- and this, by the way, rings true with every political candidate now, which is like here on the West Coast, for the most part, everybody hates Donald Trump. So in our world, of course, we think the entire country despises Donald Trump. And someone like yeah. Adam Burns, if you hear Adam Burns, I don't know if he talked about this in the show, but he's definitely talked about it before, um, uh, where he thinks, oh, Trump's going to win. Everybody loves him here. You know, and because mm-hmm. in his world, everybody that he sees loves Donald Trump. And I don't want to get too into it. I know people get really triggered when we talk about this. I think the same thing is true with the current crop of political candidates. If people think everybody loves my political candidate, why isn't this person winning or why is this person not be treated fairly? And so because I think that I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. Sorry. I think part of it is that we over the course and social media has been a blessing and a curse in that we have become more tribalized in that I know that on Facebook and tw- I've got certain words muted on especially on Twitter and where I've got to where the only thing that I am seeing in my feed mm-hmm. are things that speak to stuff I want to look at the things that I want to I, I don't I don't want to see his tweets. I don't I don't want to see people trashing his tweets. I don't want to see I just want to focus on the things that yes. I want to focus yes. on. And the more and more you do that, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, you're you're focused on that. You've got the, the horse has got the blinders on, and you're not realizing that there's other shit going on around you that you're not mm-hmm. paying attention to, mm-hmm. which is why I think so many of us were mm-hmm. blindsided in November yeah. of 16. Where we were so focused on because we were only talking friends. I work for a nonprofit aid service organization. So the majority of the people I work with are either LGBT or LGBT Mm -hmm. friendly, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, when you talked at work, of course Clinton was going to win. Of course we were everything was going to be fine because we weren't talking to anybody, you know, clients included. Most of my clients were you know, gay men. Mm-hmm. But the more that you got talking after the, you know, and you start realizing that some of these old gay guys are conservative mm-hmm. and some of these, some, some of the people that we work with are more faith, but you know, we all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit. I was so focused on what I wanted to hear versus what's going on around me 
that it I was not expecting what happened. And that's why I think so many of us are still shell-shocked, myself included, four years later. No, you're right. And, you know, another example that I can see that's not as polarizing is um, – hold on. I'm texting Adam Burns because Lawson never texted back. Okay. Uh, th- I'm going to cancel throwing down, but we're still on for Jay's show. Um, I'll explain my, when, when we connect. Okay. So um, – is Drag Race. You can use Drag Race, which isn't as polarizing. Whereas when you go on Reddit, I see this all the time. I see this all the time. When it, Especially when ratings come up or something having to do with the popular show come up. And the people on Reddit legitimately think, not all people on Reddit, but there are a lot of people on Reddit who legitimately think RuPaul's Drag Race is the biggest show or this mega pit blockbuster TV show and that it is an unstoppable force of nature. The truth of the matter is it's a middling cable, basic cable show. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just very important to them, and everybody they know watches RuPaul's Drag Race. For a very niche community, it is appointment television. But for the rest of the country as a whole, they ignore it. There was I was just telling the other day on some show, like I was looking at the ratings, and it was like called like your fabulous dream home or something like your your lottery dream home on like Travel Channel. Yeah, what does better than RuPaul's Drag? Had like double the the viewers. Really? You know. Yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race is only getting like five or six hundred thousand people. Your Lottery Dream Home had one point five million people watch it, right? Oh, HGTV, thank you, Spiral Queen. Um, and so, like, it's a middling. Oh, it's a it's a big show for VH1. Okay, yeah. uh, it's but it, in terms of real cable shows, when you look at the numbers for Survivor, when you look at any of the network shows, or even like a, or look at the cable news shows, like Jake Tapper, I think gets like. Six million, seven million people watching. Like those shows are juggernauts, okay? But RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race is a middling cable show that does okay and it has a lot of cultural significance. But it's not this ratings money making powerhouse that people think it is. And um so uh and so that again it's it's that sort of some um bubble. Um so I don't know, Haley's in the mood to fight. Now she's like the demographics of people who watch cable in general are older. Well then, young people can't afford cable. So, um, but that, Haley, that means it, okay. Well, whoever's watching it, okay, whoever's watching it, that translates into numbers. So, in other words, I'll give you an example they use on Reddit because I I know Haley said that people most people see this is this is a very like blind this is a very like horse blinders view on right. Um, which is that it's exactly what we were talking about, which is all my friends download it. Yeah. So everybody downloads it, right? But the point is, a lot of the discussion that I'm seeing, it'll be like, well, why doesn't VH1 just pay for this? Or why doesn't VH1 pay for that? So let's take into account Haley's thing that everybody downloads it, right? Um... If that's the case, then um, VH1's not making that. The, the, the ratings are where VH1 makes money. Okay? Yeah. The ratings are where VH1 makes money, and that's where it comes to in affording it. And, again, I I think I think people would still be very surprised at, at how um, 
how, how how not that only a few people watch i'm not saying rupaul's drag race isn't an important show um uh thomas wants to know if this is the drag race recap show okay look everybody uh i could make this very easy right now See, everyone thinks uh that they're being super funny i could make it super easy done okay rant and tantrum um uh, right in their ear holes. It was a it was a sight to behold. This week, Gigi and Nikki drew the lucky pink pills to assign the roles for the next acting challenge, Gay's Anatomy. On the runway, the category is Planet of the Capes. Sherry Pie won her second maxi challenge, while Heidi in Closet and Nikki Doll were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Heidi was told, Shantae, you stay, while Nikki Doll was asked to sashay away tell the latte boy name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not okay uh one thing that i definitely liked about the episode was i loved the runway theme and Mm -hmm. with one or two exceptions i thought everybody had a really strong look to some Mm -hmm. degree or another whether it was the cape itself or whether it was the look that surrounded the cape so that was fun to watch um i trying to think of something else that i liked i had something else in my head and i i would say i liked i'm really starting to like heidi Mm -hmm. like whereas i know i kind of liked her she's heidi 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 ho heidi seek heidi in closet whatever um the 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 character the contestant that is heidi is starting to become a favorite of mine and I enjoy her not only in this episode, but also in Untucked and definitely the lip sync as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I enjoyed the lip sync, but I liked her in the lip sync. And we'll get to that when we get to the lip sync. Thing I did not like was I saw tons of people on social media talking about how they thought this was one of the best skits or one of the best sketches they've ever done. And I, I laughed once. And it was a it was a physical gag. It wasn't even any of the acting. So it, it just was not. It was it wasn't a strong episode. I, I'm starting to have questions about season twelve that maybe we can talk about later. That maybe it's because you're I, too I, old, Taylor. Maybe it's because I'm too old. Maybe and I just don't old. get these young and girls. Yeah, um, and you're not downloading the show. Yeah, <laughs> you're not one of the two hundred million people downloading the show. Easy, easy, easy. Um. That's that's pretty much it. How about you? What were your two things you liked and one thing you did not? Um, uh, what did I like about the episode? Um, you know, in, in the middle of the show, after Buzz TV's Jay Ellis texted me and he's like, "Oh, I'm about to watch the episode. Uh, how is it?" And um, I was like, "It's fine. It's a it's it's a lot of the season. It's a very strong. It's like I'm going to compare it to season seven. Okay, where season seven okay. is being revisited, and you know what's so funny? I'm not. I'm gonna call it right now. I bet you this is one of those seasons that gets revisited in five years when the sherry po- when when half the population is dead from this virus and um and wow. <laughs> Look, don't, I woke up late. I woke up. I literally <laughs> woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Um, you woke up late, and you didn't have a chance to go to McDonald's to get your French vanilla fantasy. Yeah. So yeah. you're also without coffee too. Yeah. So oh anyway, uh, the um, but not only that, but when 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 all the drama surrounding the show has died down, and we can look at the season in a fresh light, 
I think that this season will be evaluated because it, it is. I will say it is a very strong cast. Okay, I would almost say it's too strong a cast. Yes. How, how, how let's let's explore that. I want to explore that because there's really not yeah. much to say about this episode. I want to explore that. Why do you say that? Because I have a different point of view of why I think it's too strong of a cast. I think that this would be the season of polish. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of these queens are so polished and so intelligent, not mm-hmm. mature, but intelligent, because okay. I feel like we're going to talk about Untucked later, mm-hmm. that they're they're all so aware, they're so self-aware of what is going on this season, and they know what to expect, that we've seen it get progressively stronger with each season of where mm-hmm. they, they are not letting down their guard. They're not letting down their defenses. And they also have thought things out, some of which maybe overthought things out, but everything is just so pristine and so perfect at this point that it's not as much fun to watch. Plus not even counting all of the Sherry pie stuff. Mm-hmm. It's I'm enjoying it. And there are certain there are certain contestants that I am enjoying more than I expected to, mm-hmm. and vice versa. But there is something about it that is where everybody is just so it's not even guarded. It's just they they studied for the exam and they're here to take the exam and they yes. all they are all doing everything they can to ace the exam. Yes, nobody is nobody with the exception of one or two people. It could be argued are like cheating their way through. Yeah, everybody is. Every everybody is prepared for the test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other because I, I you know there were I would say there were two people who weren't and one of them is gone. Yes, is Dahlia Sin. Yes, you know, and and that was as far as intelligence. I'm, I'm not calling Dahlia a dumb girl, but I I think that she went into it thinking she could do one thing, and they immediately went, "Oh no, bitch, you're out." Mm-hmm. And everybody that's left. Including Aiden to some degree, I think is they they they've they've got they've got their long game planned out and are doing what it takes to execute that long game. Yeah, you know what's so funny is, um, and this is going to go. Everyone can read into this what you're going to read into this. I want to go back to Dahlia Sin for a second, mm-hmm. which is, um. And I'm going to use a political comparison. And then everyone, again, listening who heard the first part can read into what you're going to read into. Okay. But the the fatal mistake that Dahlia made, because we're going to talk a lot about Aiden today, and I think this is a really good theme for this episode, is how the I, – could I agree with you? And I would – the only thing I would extend to it to is all the other girls, with the exception of Aiden and Dahlia – recognize that there is a larger world out there besides the little room that they're in and that every behavior they made is going to be amplified if they make poor choices. And so they're watching their P's and Q's to the point where it makes a lot of the show itself not that interesting to watch because there's no, there are no sparks with the exception of Aiden. Right. Yeah. And going back to Dahlia is, Dahlia went in there. I think the fatal mistake she went in there was I'm young and I'm pretty and I'm fierce and I'm going to win my channel, the, the, the show based on that, which is a very, is that the show has evolved and that's a yeah. very season two. Like, in other words, I don't know if you agree. I do not think Tyra would have won if she were. No, no, no. 
The show does not put up with that shit anymore. But that's a yeah. very I'm going to be the Tyra Sanchez of the of the season and it just doesn't work. And so yesterday I was watching a a, a press conference with President Trump. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he was uh talking and all of a sudden he mentioned our governor who is a left-wing liberal of left-wing liberals named Gavin Newsom, right? Yeah. And he goes, this Gavin Newsom's doing a terrific job. Uh, he's doing a great job. I, he said some very nice things to me. And I go, Gavin Newsom said nice things about Trump? So I Google it. And then when I read the whole article about him, I'm like, oh, this Gavin Newsom is so smart. <laughs> because he's been licking Trump's ass in a very politically safe way like you Mm -hmm. know but same words like i had the privilege of talking to the president today and he was very cooperative and he's saying stuff like that right yeah because he knows my state is on fire with this disease and it pays for me to be nice to donald trump because then i'm gonna get what i want right yeah whereas andrew cuomo trump's doing it kicking and screaming but andrew cuomo even though probably Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom completely agree, Andrew Cuomo saying, 4,000 ventilators, I need 30,000 ventilators, which he's right. Yeah. I'm not denying that, but then, it, and, I, and I don't think a government should be run like that, right? Uh, like a, 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 an emotional tyrant, <laughs> you know? But Gavin Newsom is playing the game correctly. And so the same yeah. thing here, which is <clears throat> with Dahlia, these other queens, the 11 other queens, I'm not counting Aiden there either. You're right. They are students of RuPaul's Drag Race, and they are going, and they're all trying to be head of the class, and they know exactly... Look, Crystal fucking has won the heart of RuPaul. Yeah. You know? And I don't actually don't I don't get a tr- I don't get a, a concerted effort on Crystal's part to do so, but she knows how to play the game. You know? Yeah. And... I don't get the impression that Aiden or Dahlia knew how to play. That it was, it's essentially, once again, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And uh, that speaks to what you're saying. Anyway, going back is, I think the episode, so when Jay asked me the question, I was like, the episode was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fine. Yeah. Um, it's a very standard issue for these one of these episodes. I agree with you. This is not very funny, you know. Somebody texted me, and it rhymes with Rafter Russ T. Reeves, Ray Ellis, uh, <laughs> texted me in the middle and was like, oh, this sketch is horrible, right? Yeah. Um, and um, But but it was a standard issue episode in a way that's forgettable. Like I said, this is going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if in the year uh, 2030, if Haley Sklans and Luke Stamen – as part of Afterthought Media's new Drew Drag Race recap show, go back and revisit the show and mm-hmm. um, uh, and the season. But for right now, it's a fine episode. The other thing I really liked about this episode, I really, to be honest with you, it's a note I'm going to have later. I was really happy to see Gigi and Nikki working together in a way that seemed fair. They weren't trying to fuck other girls over. And again, this speaks to what you're saying about the show. They weren't trying to fuck the other girls over. They weren't trying to do anything bad. They had to make some difficult choices and people were upset. But um, they weren't trying to do anything insane. And I, I like seeing that. I like I do like seeing the queens be nice. The one thing I didn't like about the episode... Um, 
Um, I mean, I guess we'll get to it untucked. It's the whole Aiden, and it's and it's not pro Aiden. It's not anti Aiden, but the the firestorm around Aiden, and what does that mean for the show if and when Aiden leaves? Yeah, you know, no, it be, it's become very um, apparent mm-hmm. that Aiden is at this stage in the game the only conflict. In it, it, nobody else seems to be having issue with anybody else. I mean, you could you could s- maybe make an argument for you know I feel like we've had two situations in which Widow has had small tantrums mm-hmm. when she things didn't go her way, mm-hmm. but she also talks about how all of these girls are. You know, she even says at one point she goes, "I don't think Nikki and Gigi are out to sabotage anybody. They're sweet girls. They're all so." It, there isn't going to be it's going to be a lot of kumbaya and what is it running through nature with children yeah. once aiden's gone yes no you're right you're, i completely agree i, I wonder what and i, do, I don't know that aiden's going to be around much longer you know with this where it just it feels like you know it feels like that storyline is getting tired so either she's going to continue doing what she's doing and get rid of her or she's going to elevate herself and if that story goes on, then there's less and less of a reason for the girls to come after her if she's elevating. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's it's just sort of a, okay, well, great. You know, now now we've got a bunch of girls that are all getting along that have all moved past their differences. And there's going to be no conflict. And that's going to make for very boring TV. Yeah. It's, it's going to have to be it's going to have to be an hour of looks. That's the only way to keep it where it's interesting. Mm hmm. All right, very good. Uh, after Rockham's elimination, the queen say goodbye to Rockham and congratulate Gigi for her win. Nikki feels good about the, her positive critiques, but when, uh, but wants to show off her goofy side while Jada calls out Aiden, telling her she should have been in the bottom. Uh, Jada declares in, back later in the workroom. Jada declares herself the trade of the season before RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's Maxi challenge for this week's maxi challenge you need to overact in the longest running drag queen scripted show on tv a little medical drama we're calling gaze anatomy the hardest part will be deciding which role to assign to which queen if only there were a pill for that Nine of these 11 bottles contain a silver pill, a placebo with no power. But two bottles contain a pink pill. The two queens that choose a pink pill will be in charge of casting all the roles. After a random draw, Gigi and Nikki were tasked with casting the other roles. The girls tried to be fair, but ultimately Aiden and Widow were unhappy with their roles. Taylor, your thoughts on everything that leads up to... Let's talk about... I guess the only really thing to talk about is... I mean, is there anything really to talk about at the top of the show with um, the... On the and the cold open with um, the Aiden stuff and he should have been in the bottom and all that? Well, I, I, I think that that was expected mm-hmm. to some degree. I think the fact that, you know, she did come out in that outfit and Jada sort of came for her and said, but she didn't really come for it. She just said, I expected you to be in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas compared to when we see other girls, particularly Britta, um, it's, 
it feels like we're watching the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're watching, you know, and definitely we kind of have this where we watch this and then we'll watch this argument to some degree again in Untucked. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like from the scenes for next week's episode, we're going to watch the argument again, you know, where everybody said, you know, where Aiden's like, I come from a small town mm-hmm. and Britt is saying, I'm the queen of New York and there's, I don't understand why we're all doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's just sort of like, okay, we've seen this. Uh, I like the idea of they picked from who got to pick the the roles with the bottles. Yeah. Where it felt, again, I feel like we're seeing things that we're seeing, we're, that were on Dragula, you oh, know, yeah. as far as the randomness of it, where the, where the first skit on this last season of Dragula was they all picked uh, um, compacts. Yeah. And then one of the compacts had something in it and they had to, they had to do something where, uh, the w- Landon cider on Dracula had to eat a glass of spiders or something. Now it's totally As- feasible that they, those two shows have people who interact with each other, but that show didn't air until after this was finished taping. But this, oh, it's okay. totally feasible that those people all talk to each other. Yeah, and it was just sense? something. It was something different, and it wasn't. Th- I liked. I kind of liked that there wasn't a mini challenge this week. As much as I love the mini challenges, this was something that was just slightly different. They got right to, it, but it was just such a huge skit. It makes sense that they didn't do a mini challenge for time. Um, well, the mini challenge is weird. It was built into the maxi challenge announcement with the pills. Yeah. That well, that's what I mean. I yeah. mean, the, but, but it wasn't one of these where everybody was dancing like bees or they <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't have to meet with, you know, love Connie and do uh, aerobics yeah. or anything like yeah. that. It was just sort of a, okay, this is the mini challenge here. Grab a, grab a bottle. Do you have a pink pill or a gray pill? Yeah. Um, we've seen this before with where people don't get the roles they want mm-hmm. and it didn't necessarily, as you said, is one of the things you liked. I like that. Gigi and Nikki worked to try to be as good as possible and wasn't like a, well, let's just give it to widow because there's nothing else left. They kind of were able to justify between the two of them, whether that was for the camera or not, Mm -hmm. why they thought she would be good in this role. Mm -hmm. You know, something else else that's interesting about this and it kind of speaks to the front, you know, tying the first segment, the first act, whatever you want to call it is the fact that Nikki and Gigi are clearly known as look Queens and there seems to be, or seems to be no, competitiveness between them other than what's on the show Mm -hmm. they seem to genuinely support and respect one another was nice to see you know where i remember at one point after gg1 nikki kind of said she goes you turned it out you looked amazing there wasn't that whole thing of you know i could have similar to what we saw with um uh in season seven where it seemed like fame and pearl never really got along because they were both in that look queen category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a nice juxtaposition for that. But don't you think that's true with almost all the girls? I mean, like, uh, Britta was really broken up about Rock leaving. Um, as we saw in today's episode at the end of Untucked, Nikki was very, very um, appreciative and wonderful to Heidi. Because remember, they had that conversation about Heidi not having enough the money, the same money for clothes. So Nikki left her a wig and a nice piece of clothing so she could go out there and, and whatnot. There seems to be a stronger sense of camaraderie among the girls. Going back to what you were talking about, because I think they realize they've been all of them, except for Aiden. You would think Dolly would know this. Maybe Dolly didn't know this, that they realize that be that they are now instantly a family. Like, those yeah. girls will always be associated with each other. And as we know from unfortunate circumstances beyond their control this season, this cast, I think, will be a lot tighter than a lot of the other casts because of what they've been through uh, before and after the show. But 
they 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 I think they understand we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. And so yeah. uh, we and they I think they're cognizant of that. It's one of the first casts I think to see that and to realize that. And yeah. so uh, they're making the best of it. Hmm. Um, all right, move on. The next day, the queens go over their lines and get into their costumes and make up for the acting challenge. Uh, shoot. I'm oh, sorry. Acting challenge. Shoot. Britta is concerned about being stuck with Aiden in her scenes. And during the table visits, Jackie talks about collecting stool samples while Widow tells Rue Ru she wanted a more serious role. Uh, anything big in these in this tape in these table visits? I mean, it comes back to and I didn't really comment on the Widow and the Aiden stuff. So I'll talk about it here during the table visit is what was up with widow's weird tantrum about not getting the role that she wanted i th- i think that that was goopery on the part of the producers i think there wasn't a lot of conflict so they just pulled whatever they could to get that to look worse than it was adding adding the music adding the weird where they didn't ask anybody else i noticed that Nikki asked both Aiden and Widow, or I think Nikki and Gigi, both, <laughs> you know, how do you feel about that? And that feels like that was a, the producers off to the back doing, ask Widow how she feels about getting that role. Like, yeah. there, I will say this with these girls, they don't seem to be very good at acting as far as when they are directed to do things by the producers, you know, um, talking about last week's episode of where Britta suddenly said, girls, I had a dream last night. I dreamt. Like that sort of stuff of where they're directing them to do certain things to keep the storyline going. We've talked about in previous seasons, there's been the proverbial producers under the tables at the mirror moment saying, ask so-and-so about this. And that's what a lot of that felt like to me. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I could see that. I could see it. So you even think the widow thing was a little bit producer- yeah, I mean, when you when you think about, they show in the course of 30 seconds, Widow saying, I trust Nikki and Gigi, mm-hmm. they're, they're sweet girls, and they're not going to sabotage any of us, to the next time they show in a confessional going, these bitches, you know, within, within those, like, 30 seconds. Now, I get that those could have been pulled from various interviews, but I think that that is made to manipulate us into thinking that she's more mad than maybe she was because widow killed it in the skit widow was great in the skit mm-hmm. it's just i th- I think that that is them pulling the, the producers pulling our strings to make us think that she's madder than she actually or there was. could be missing information that we don't know because she seemed a little bit angrier than we would think like i'm making this up i'm i don't not even speculate i'm giving a circumstance of something that we may have seen i don't believe necessarily this happened but uh maybe it was one of these things where sherry said to widow oh if you want that role you can have that role and widow's like oh great thank you and then mm-hmm. nikki and Gigi went off and gave it to sherry anyway does that make sense i'm not saying that that yeah. happened but it could be well widow's like wait what the fuck we just sorted this out you yeah know? um and remember they're trying to show sherry as little as possible so there could be sherry information that we don't know about and that's i think another part of this which makes this season so odd is it feels like there are large swaths of, well, how did we get here? Yes. Sort of thing. So I, I, I think that the they're doing a great job because you, for a split seconds, you forget that she's a part of the show until she suddenly wheels into a skit yeah. or somebody comments on her and you're sort of like, ah, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But that also leaves us with big, you know, hanging chads as it were wondering mm-hmm. what, what, how did we get to this point? You know, um, what's funny is um, uh, – I think I talked about this on a different show. I think I talked about it on this show – is 
Right now, it's fairly easy to ignore her in terms of yeah. editing because there are so many girls. But as it winnows down until she gets eliminated, how are they going to do it? Yeah. You know, like there's fewer, there are fewer and fewer girls on the show. Because uh, right now she's won twice. Okay. She's won two episodes. She's won two episodes. Technically, she's won three. She was in the top. Oh, yeah. She was in the top for the week that she um, was revealed. So she's got three wins under her versus other girls. Did she win the imp- no? Did she win the improv challenge? Yeah, she did. She, yeah, she, she won, won improv. She won this one, and then she was in the top two against Jada for um, the lip sync for did, did, did ten, she for five thousand dollars. Okay, and, and Jada won that. Oh, Jada won. Okay, so but she right, was in the because, top because it was. But she was she was one of the top <laughs> two, and then because it was Widow versus yeah. Gigi, yeah. and then and then the yeah. two of them. So technically, so, she's been win three, but. The Two point I'm making is, is even though we haven't seen her, she's won three challenges. So I think she's yeah. going to be, or unless something drastic happens, she's going to be around for a while. And as the girls narrow themselves down, uh, it's going to be harder to ignore her. I don't know how yeah. they're going to do it. Because yeah. even if you, you can tell, even on uh, the Elimination Day, we're going to talk about this, they had to, just for obvious reasons, they had to go to her because her question leads to Jackie Cox's discussion about her mom that we'll talk about. And so they went to her, they showed her for like the briefest second, and then it was just like Jado looking around as her voiceover went over that. It was yeah. sort of crazy. Um, all right, so let's actually move on to the Maxi Challenge shoot. Jada and Jackie struggle with their line to Gigi excels. Widow thinks she should have been Dr. Mother Gay. Nikki can't remember her lines, and Carson tells her to speak more French. Aiden takes Carson's notes and performs better than expected, while Britta is criticized. Your thoughts on the shoot itself, Taylor? The shoot itself, it, it, it's it's the standard. We've seen this before. One girl that nobody thinks is going to do well does great. Another mm-hmm. girl who thinks that she's going to do well flubs up her lines. Um, <clears throat> there were parts of it that I thought were funny during the taping that I could see why Carson would laugh at it. Mm-hmm. It was it was okay. I mean, I thought that I thought they all for the most part looked the part as far as with the white coats and mm-hmm. the you know the the pencil skirts and all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, it was it it wasn't necessarily super memorable. I can think of other sketches that they've done in the past that are more memorable to me. Mm-hmm. And this is this is gonna be one that's gonna you're gonna go, Oh yeah, they did that one. A couple yeah, of they did do a sketch thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It wasn't that great. But I will say, and I hate to say it, Sherry Pie was a standout. And with if this drama weren't here, that was that's what we would be talking about. Yeah. Is cause she was really good. I was actually gonna say she's surprisingly a really good actress. Yeah, I mean, she did. I mean, anybody can do that voice, but it was still, I think it felt like she was doing a little bit of improv with it. Mm-hmm. That is what took her over the top. Well, also, she didn't deliver her lines in that standard drag uh, acting way. Yeah. You know, she yeah, no, it more for somebody who was super excited to show off her BFA, mm-hmm. Jan felt very wooden to me. A lot of her lines yes, were very yes. were very high school production of our town. Yeah, but we'll get to that. One. Well, you know, let's just talk about gay anatomy right now. Let's just talk yeah. about it right now. Here's the thing that wasn't addressed, and I don't know why. 
is Jackie made a point when they were casting the roles. When Jan wanted to play Meredith Gay and Gigi... No, no, not Gigi. And Jackie wanted to play Meredith Gay and Jan wanted to play Meredith Gay. Okay? And Jackie goes, The joke of the whole thing is that they look really different. Right? And I don't know if Jackie made that point in the room, but when they actually did the sketch, you're like, oh, you're right. And it made, because she's like, mom, don't you recognize me? And then he's like, they looked very similar. Yeah. So the joke fell flat. And why this wasn't brought up in the judges' critiques, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think, and I think that's part of the reason that along with the acting level is why Jan didn't, Jan wasn't wasn't the winner this mm-hmm. week. I think that Sherry ultimately brought it more. Where when Sherry was on camera, mm-hmm. you stopped looking at the other contestants. Mm-hmm. You you focused uh, you focused on Sherry. Even when the other queens were talking, I was looking at Sherry. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it for somebody who was talking about this is it. This is this this is this is going to be my win this week. It it wasn't a strong showing. No. Didn't you now it's so funny is when I did the first response last night, no one brought this up. And I'm actually glad. This is one of those things I'm glad that I maybe I was the only one that thought about this. Because I was thinking, this show cannot catch a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. You know? First there's Sherry Pie. Then there's mm-hmm. uh this drama we're having cancels everything, right? Yeah. And then they do a medically themed show, and it's just. I thought that too. I thought that too. I was like, "Oh God, please don't have somebody have like some sort of illness or something." Yeah, like, and then a die virus and stuff something. like that. Yeah, and then I was like, Ugh. "But like, like and, and by the way, everyone, I want everyone to know, I don't blame the show, right? I don't blame the show. It's just shit happens, <laughs> and it just seems like shit keeps happening with the yeah. show." I I saw somebody last night on Twitter afterwards saying, "Can you imagine what the what would have happened in those bars when that Kim Petra song played? The fact oh, that that that, that, that is that is because I love that song and I know a lot of other gays love that song. So, but that people would have gone nuts if because that that is a equivalent to me of the um, cut to the feeling." last season or the season before when that when that started playing we just like oh my god this is it this is it you know it's a a great song that nobody got to to scream and cheer and yell for in the lip sync so yeah this isn't yes what you're saying is true sorry it's so funny that you unironically love kim petrus and (laughs) and toto I love a wide berth of music. No, Taylor. No, Taylor. If you don't listen to what, if it if it's not what Gen Z is listening to, you are just, you know what? Go, why don't you sacrifice yourself for the good of pop culture? <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, moving on. It's elimination day, and the girls return to the workroom to prepare for their main stage. Nikki's confident in her performance. Jackie tears up while talking about her difficult relationship with her mother, and Widow reveals that her mother died in a car crash when she was seventeen, and that she has no close family. A very emotional elimination day. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on this elimination day? It. Uh, 
it's talking about the loss of a parent or the estrangement of a parent is never easy. I think, you know, I did 15 years of hospice care where I worked with kids, kids who lost a parent or a grandparent. And the one thing that spoke, I, I don't know what that would be like to lose a parent as a child. Um, but I do know that what she was saying spoke true to me in that, especially losing a mom at 17, that's a, that's defines you for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. especially having had a situation in which the last conversation you had with her was an argument. Mm -hmm. um, I feel for widow. I think that you, you, you replay things in your head and decisions in your head for the rest of your life. And no matter how much, you know, somebody like a therapist like me would say, you know, move, move beyond that and focus on the other things. There's still that voice in the back of your head. that will always go. If I just had the opportunity to say one more thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. I mean, it was, it was sad. I, I felt for, I felt for her. I, I don't get the, and we've seen this before with, um, I know we saw this with Kim Chi one season with, where I'm going to go on a reality show, but I'm not going to tell my family. Talking about Jackie Cox. Jack talking about Jackie Cox mm -hmm. of the where you know, I, and I get, I get there is that piece of that that is, I have an opportunity to be on a show, but mm -hmm. I would think you would prepare somebody first if you think they're going to have a problem with it, like just just so that you know before all of your friends see it, because mm -hmm. because what you're doing at that point is you're taking. You know, assuming that she's not going to say anything until the show starts, mm -hmm. hoping that no one ever sees it, you're taking the chance of somebody then sending a link to a video to mm -hmm. a parent or yeah. to a loved one or something that I don't I, 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 that that to me is a very confusing trope that we have seen with other girls in previous seasons. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take exception to this one because I actually kind of get it. And I, I think I understand the tactic maybe is um, I live with a Persian girl for two or three years. Therefore, I am an expert on Persian people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and no, but from the, the limited experience, like, I, 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 I know people uh, in the Persian community who have had similar experiences. So I, that rang true to me. Okay, I not rank true that she was lying, but like I was able to empathize with her in a way that, like, as a friend. Okay, yeah, so more sympathize. But I've seen I've seen this before. Let me say, and going to the tactic, it sort of makes sense because I appreciate what you're doing and that you're buying into the show existing as its own reality. But I think what happened is that um, she realized she needed to do the show first and then tell her mother. Because it reminds me, Persian parents are much like Mexican parents and very controlling. I remember years ago, I wanted to do something. I don't remember what it was. This is before I had to live here. And I went to my therapist saying, well, I need to tell my parents this. And they're going to do this. And they're going to do that. And he's like, here's what you do. Get everything in order that you need to do. Mm -hmm. let's say, I can't remember what it was, but let's say it's buy a car, right? Yeah. He said, like, get everything you need to do, do it, okay? And then take your parents to dinner or sit them down and say, like, I've already done this. And here are the steps I did to do it. And it's already done, right? Yeah. Be and then it's done. There's nothing they can say because you've already done it. And I think she probably realized that's what she had to do. That if she told her mom, I'm going to go on this show, her mom would do everything in her power to stop her. 
But if the show's already taped, I'll just tell her after. There's nothing she can do about it. It's going to come out, you know? And it's easier to tell. In other words, it's, it's, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Well, and I mean, I guess, you know, I'm saying this that I don't understand this, but then I also figure, you know, my real name isn't Taylor. Mm-hmm. I have a different name. And part of that Everyone was not only. Know it's Taylor Dane. But he didn't. He, people, oh, God, often, I wish I was Taylor Dane. I well, he's Taylor often Dane. confused with the singer. <laughs> and so he, he named it to the Latte Boy. Oh, tell it to my heart. Um, Taylor, that would you, be a good, that would be a great lip sync song. It has been a lip sync song. D- have they done "Tell It to My Heart"? Yeah, no. Yes, they have. Somebody, somebody in the chat room will will tell us if "Tell It to My Heart" by Taylor Dane has ever been a song on Drag Race. It has, but also, um, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you in the Hangouts, it has. But, um, but let me tell you this, Taylor. Is uh, I think it's funny that you unironically love Taylor Dane <laughs> and Toto. Right, but g- getting back to the, before we go off on a Taylor Dane mm-hmm. tangent, you know, part of the reason I did that is I didn't want my family knowing about it. I didn't want this to be something where I would have to deal with not necessarily my fa- well, my family keeping me from doing it in that my family making me feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I eventually said something to my mother about it, she did pretty much exactly what. I expected her to of where she seemed very, you know, where I said, well, I do a podcast and she laughed and went, well, of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it was like, as I was getting ready to go do a live show in Vegas and, you know, we're one of the times that you and I met and I just, at that point I was so deep in, I'm like, well, and the hell with it. If she doesn't like what I'm doing, then, then at this point it's too late. I've already, I've already committed to this and I'm enjoying it. If I had started by saying, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, it would have been the response of, well, why would people want to listen to you talk? Oh yeah. Which I get, Uh which I get Joe does all the time. (laughs) Joe asks me that question all the time, but it's, I guess I get it to some degree, but I'm also doing, you know, these podcasts versus something that, millions upon millions of people watch yeah via via vh1 and other oh, cable Bill, oh the whole, taylor it's super bowl level numbers <laughs> now it's not reflected now on the ratings only five hundred thousand, but you don't understand there are like 50 million people who just they go and they download it um mm-hmm. i'm so old i don't know how they download it i think they go on napster and <laughs> limewire you know and oh, I forgot to mention Heidi added me as one of her top eight. Wait, what? Oh. MySpace. <laughs> oh, did she? Oh, yeah. that's, that's really, really yeah. cool. Oh, because um, that's that's so funny that you say that because I'm friends with uh, Sherry Pie hooked me up with this really cool casting director named Allison Mossy on Friendster. Oh, nice. Yep, I'm nice. on Friendster. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a really it's really kind of amazing. And, You're going to be a big star one day. Oh, I am going to be a big star, Taylor. Don't you know it? And I'm going to talk about all my unironic bands and uh, and Toto. <laughs> and um, I don't care about this bad bunny, right? No. No. Why would you do that? Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. I only care about Toto, and I just live in the past. In fact, I'm going to go on an 80s and 90s. I'm going to go on a 90s cruise with... Um, uh sugar smash ray mouth. S- smash mouth sugar ray um who's the one i love Fast. sex and 
Candy, yeah. Uh, Mercy, Mercy Playground. Mercy Playground, yeah, yeah. Mercy Who else? Fastball. Oh Play. yeah, that's uh, a great uh, song. Did I ever tell you my fastball story? You have a fastball story. I have a fastball story. Of course you do. <laughs> okay. So at least the lead singer was from from Orange County, right? And I have a friend who was a a pretty successful musician in the in those bands, right? Mm-hmm. And he told me that when they were kids, they were all playing together like teenagers right the, the lead singer from fastball and then my friend and a couple other people mm-hmm. and they're playing and the the lead singer from fastball goes stop 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 right i'm ending this because somebody asked me an, an offensive question in uh crowdcast no he said stop 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 <laughs> i was like what happened what happened? <laughs> no he went stop 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 he goes guys i just realized something I'm so much better than all of you. <laughs> this is what it's like to record a podcast with Joe Batanfra. <laughs> <coughs> Lori, Evan, Taylor, stop, 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 yeah. stop. I just realized I'm so much better than all yeah. of you. Yeah. Well, can't deny the truth. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, any other thoughts on this elimination day? Um, no, I mean it was again standard fare. It's very standard, standard fare. yeah. Like and that and and everyone should know that's not a criticism. It's not a criticism. It, it's it's when they make this show, okay? When they make this show, they're not going like we need to make it so that the podcasts out there that analyze every emotion to death really has some content for their podcasts. No, Mm -hmm. they're making a television show. Well, first of all, any season, they're making a television show to entertain the masses and to consume like junk food. Okay. It's a reality show. It's a junk food, right? Yeah. It has no nutritional value. Yeah. Then on top of that, they, these editors have been, tasked with a herculean effort to take a show that they already spent months editing and in a very short amount of time take it repackage it eliminate an entire person and make it entertaining for the masses i still admire them and and the fact that they're able to deliver a somewhat coherent cohesive episode that is passable you know is my hats off to them but it, they may and and it they it, bravo to them for being able to make an episode that is just a standard issue episode and having to erase a major part of this show. Yeah. No, no, I'm not holding it against them, but it is what it is. Okay, that's elimination day. Anything else on the elimination day, Taylor? No, not that I can think of. All right, before we do that, let's take a break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, Taylor, let's, we're gonna get now. It's time for the looks. <laughs> all right uh in terms of the looks can you give me your maybe like top two looks and top and bottom two looks or, uh, or, 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 or I'll, I'll leave it to you for your editorial choices what you mention and what you don't mention oh hold on um, you do them? i would say honestly my favorite look even though she got called for kind of revealing her cape way too early was i loved nikki i thought nikki was gorgeous i thought that the short hair i loved the terry moogler um the, the metallic outfit which i i remember that outfit it was it was uh displayed in or it was worn in george michael's too funky video um it, it just she looked so so beautiful mm-hmm. uh another look that i loved i lo- really loved 
all of the looks, mm -hmm. just almost all of the looks going down, was I love Gigi's uh, Troop Beverly Hills homage. I thought that was I thought that that was great as well. Looks mm -hmm. that weren't good. I agree that uh, Heidi's look was not. It was just kind of everything was put together. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think, I don't remember the scene that Aiden was talking about with Silence of the Lambs. I know that she at one point. I mean, they talked about you know Buffalo Bill sort of wearing a cape of some kind, but I don't remember that, and I don't remember that reference. And it was just sort of it was kind of a boring look to me compared to some of the other books. All right, and that's it. That's it. That's oh. it. I know that we're pressed for time. All right, and that is those are the looks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the critiques. Jan Widow Von Du, Jackie Cox, Gigi Good, and Aiden Zane are named as the tops of the week, while Sherry Pye is awarded her second win. This leaves the bottom five of the week as Jada Essence Hall, Britta, Heidi in Closet, Crystal Method, and Nikki Doll. Before they're sent backstage, Rue asks the bottom five queens who they think should be eliminated from the competition. Jada nominates Heidi, Britta, Heidi, and Crystal choose Nikki. After Nikki chooses herself, Rue asks her for another name, and Nikki chooses Heidi. And Rue's like, I'm not going to put up with that shit. She Which I don't know. get. I don't. Well, actually, I do. I do get that. And mm -hmm. there was something very gross about that because mm -hmm. it didn't seem I didn't look at that as Nikki trying to avoid saying another girl. I think Nikki at that point was over it. And she was kind of saying, send me home. I don't want to. And Rue was try because I think they know. Again, we've talked about how Rue kind of acts like she doesn't know what's going on but she clearly knows everything that's going on they're probably saying at this point all the girls are getting along too much you know you got to do something to kind of stir things up so i think that maybe she was thinking in nikki saying another girl that would have created some sort of conflict and it really kind of deflated because when they go back and untucked heidi's like you know no harm no foul everybody i get it yeah all right uh, after the judges' deliberations, Heidi in Closet and Nikki Doll are placed in the bottom two and forced to go head-to-head -head in the lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Africa by Toto. Uh <laughs> I want that to be a song they lip-sync to. <laughs> no, the song was Heart to Break by Kim Petras. In the end, despite her wig flying off, Heidi in Closet bested the French fashion queen and was asked to chante back to the join the other queens while Nikki Doll was told to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? I want to say something about this lip sync. Sure. Um, especially when you compare it to last week's lip sync was uh, <clears throat> Britta versus... Rockham, yeah, and there was a level of desperation, desperation and freneticness mm -hmm. among both of them that was not comfortable to watch. Yeah, this week's episode was not comfortable to watch, but in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. In that you saw Heidi, where Heidi was lip syncing and she was doing a great job, but there was this level of fear i don't know if it's fear i don't know if it's uh, worry it, it, there was something about it where she was emoting that was it was sad it was sad to watch but she was there was still somehow entertaining she wasn't doing crazy backflips she wasn't doing shablams she wasn't really doing anything she was definitely working a little bit more than nikki was and i think nikki nikki is 
very much of where she's focused on being the looks and being beautiful and being the model. And I think that Mm -hmm. she does that really well. But compared to the emotion that Heidi was giving off was it was a there was a painful beauty to what Heidi was doing. Mm hmm. And I think it's going to go down as a memorable lip sync, but not for similar to, uh, you know, my all time favorite lip sync is Manila doing MacArthur Park. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because you were watching her process all of these emotions Mm -hmm. as she was as she was lip syncing the song on season three. And I feel like this is in that same family Mm -hmm. of that of where there was there was times that she was emoting with her face and she was doing things with her body Mm -hmm. of where she was begging RuPaul to please keep her, but not doing it by doing a shablam or anything of that sort. So in that regards, I really appreciate. I appreciate what Heidi went through during that process. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I that, that's a very good point. I, I see this is FYI at this moment when I say whoever the host is, it's always Taylor though here. Is mm. any final thoughts on the episode? This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Is what are some things that we didn't get to get out or that you want to get out or you want to go on, on and on and on? And that's a very good point. Yeah, I think that um, I agree with everything you said. Now I have a question for you. Sure. And it's something I didn't touch on, but I did take notes. And so I'm going to touch it, it. This is, again, this part is for anything we didn't touch on that we forgot to touch on. Did you get the sense this episode, and do you think this episode cements it, that this was Britta's wake-up call to be more humble? No. Oh, you think she's still going to be like... I think... I, I th- Okay. And Untucked... Untucked was hard to watch mm-hmm. um, because, and I said at one point to, and uh, okay, <laughs> there's there's several layers to this next mm-hmm. statement that I'm going to make. At towards the end of Untucked, I turned to my husband. I said, "This is season five all over again, of where she is setting herself up to be the Roxy Andrews of this season." Mm-hmm. Whereas you've got the quirky gothy kid and you've got the big deal full figured gal mm-hmm. that is just pummeling and pummeling and pummeling and bringing up the same things over and over again. But as when we reviewed season five and I had a chance to take it or take, take a second look at it, this is more because whereas Roxy was in her own head and didn't know how to deal with it. So she focused out. I feel like Britta is doing the exact same thing. Britta came in this assuming she was just going to be given the crown and she's realizing that her shit, you know, her shit stinks just like everybody else's does and she doesn't know how to deal with it. So she's decided to focus all of her energy on Aiden. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Aiden, but I am glad that in Untucked, Aiden stood up for herself. Yeah. She maybe didn't necessarily do it in the best way as we've seen on social media between Aiden and Jada. But I... Oh, I, haven't, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to do research on this. Where Jada's kind of gone on social media and sort of trying to defend herself, saying, I wasn't bullying. I was trying to make a point. And you've got a lot of people that are saying, no, you were bullying Aiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, where, when Britta is saying something towards the back of Untucked, where she mm-hmm. says something along the lines, where she goes, oh, you want to play by the – I'm willing to play by the rules now. There is a, there is a mean girl mm-hmm. element to that that makes me slightly worried for Aiden. And I say worried in rabbit ears. I mean, you know, she's a big girl. She can take care of herself. But I just, I just, I don't want this to go into a place of where it's no matter what Aiden does, it's going to be wrong because it's Aiden. 
And I feel like that's where Britta is so focused on until somebody says to her, until Rue says to her, just because you were, you know, Miss Gay New York Entertainment mm-hmm. or whatever doesn't mean shit here. You know, a lot of these girls have pageant titles. A lot of these girls have things going on. You're you're the same as everybody else until mm-hmm. you show me otherwise. Until R- she hears that from somebody like Rue, which might have to come by being eliminated, mm-hmm. she's not going to get it. What are your thoughts? Well, Lori and I talked about in the first response where I feel that um, – well, before we do that, Taylor, not today or maybe – I want to do it as a bonus because I have Untucked pulled and everything. Would you be willing to do like a 20-minute show where we analyze Untucked as a bonus? Because we were supposed to do it today, but we are out of time. Yeah. It doesn't that, yeah. That, so look forward to our three-and-a-half-hour episode on a season of Untucked. Didn't we try to do that with the big fight between uh, Silky and everybody? And what happened? We did, a bonus episode. we did a bonus episode with Evie and Silky and Vanjie all fought yeah? last season. And what happened? And, we did, and it was supposed to be, oh, it'll be a 20-minute thing. It'll be fine. And it was like a two-hour episode. No. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. You and I will talk off the I just, air. I do yeah. have thoughts, but my in, in a sentence that I, will, that I will expound upon in the episode is that – and it, what's funny, I think for a different reason we brought it up on the um, – uh, on the premiere episode, but when you walk into that workroom, no matter who you were walking in before, when you walk into that workroom, everyone's on the same level. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's hard for Britta to realize that she is the same on the same level. She, the New York Entertainer of the Year, right? According to whom, by the way, Britta right. Filter, right? New York, I was crowned New York Entertainer of the Year. Uh, you know what? I'm officially announcing it right now. I am naming RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Podcast of the Year. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, the, it's the winner of the Batanzi for the Podcast of the Year. Okay. So oh, I I'm won gonna... a Batanzi once. Oh, oh, you did. What did you win a Batanzi for? You gave me a but you, you, uh, Batanzi for, was that Podcast of the Year last year? Oh, were you the, was Pod, was Pod and my co pilot the Batanzi for, I know you gave me a Batanzi in the past. Does that mean that I get to come out and present it to you? Because yes. last year's winner gets to come. Oh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll have a big award show. First. We'll have a big award show and everything. We'll let Haley pick the music. So, um... <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> but we'll come back with the Untucked special uh, bonus thing. And then, um... Okay, so why don't we call it a day there? Because we're two minutes away from having to be on to start another show um all right well that's gonna do it for this week's episode of rupaul's drag race recap this episode was and i'm gonna say i want to say this publicly luke stamen did a great job this week but uh was produced by luke stamen be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss dissect and deconstruct each brand new episode of rupaul's drag race season 12 so for taylor the latte boy and myself sashay away until next week Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. If you want access to more Season 12 content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. 
Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>